Welcome to Poor Sucks. It's a true story of three strangers back to work, camp together, and have their lives minor. Fast forward, stop being blatant and start getting real. I'm Eric. Pops, Robert Elementary, class of 06, Valedictorian. We got two guests, one special, one not. I'll let Ethan introduce himself first. Okay, uh, Ethan, the actual special one. Ethan, tell him on mm. Instagram, Chocolate Desire on Twitter. Also, your favorite guest host. Cut all those shameless plugs out when this, goes, <laughs> when this goes live. Outside of that, we got first-time guests. My boy, some know him as Harrison, some know him as Harry Don. Philippi, West Virginia, knows him as Ezra's sidekick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, my name's Harrison. Um, I don't know if my volume is still bad, but I'm Ezra's boy from school. You know, used to deal with this man for way too much. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. We have what Ezra has compiled and deemed a um, a black man panel. I feel like he's just been watching a lot of I Am Athlete and wanted to try to recreate it in a bootleg version. <laughs> I'm better. Way better. <laughs> and we did a black woman's panel before they came out with I Am Woman. So they Whoa. stole from us. That you saying you like you might want to get your money, dog, because they're making hell of yeah. I'm talking to nigga Brandon owes me a check. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm attack him in this episode. Let him know that we did it first. We did it better. Some would say. Thank you. That. Oh, I don't even know where to start with this because this is just you know what we can't go too heavy into it to start. So we'll just start with something light. What does masculinity mean to you? That's a good one. I'll open up the floor to our guest first. Well, <laughs> I feel like I feel that's kind of hard, but um, I feel like masculinity kind of changes with the time. So I don't think you can give it like an exact description. But for me personally, I would say it's any like, you know, man, regardless of like your sexual orientation or anything like that. You standing up for what you believe in and you taking care of the responsibilities you have slash created for yourself. So as long as you're doing that, uh, I'm, I'm going to say that you're like a man slash masculine. I'm not mad at that answer. What you got, Harry? Uh, I would say like, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. It does change throughout time. But like traditionally, I would say like masculinity is just, uh, what's how, how would you say it? Like doing not only what's expected of you, but like what you have to your own personal goals and everything that you have to reach, like taking care of your family, doing like everything that you figure like a man would, bringing home the bacon, providing, doing more than you should, giving back to your community, being just like a figure, like an influence or just like a strong figure. I agree. I agree with both of those. Um, both of y'all hit on points that I would say are in my definition of masculinity. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say either of y'all missed something that I would consider masculine. I think those are all strong takes of masculinity. I have a second follow-up question to that that I didn't put in the notes because I didn't want to all privy to it first. Um, do you think masculinity looks different for... Di we did decide it doesn't look different for different sexual orientations. But do you think society has a different perception of masculinity when it comes to races? especially the black race of what a man is supposed to be, what a masculine man is supposed to be. Absolutely. I feel like um, 
I feel like they almost put like the a toxic masculinity type uh ideal ideology ideology onto the uh, black men. I feel like they always have to be like, or at least the stereotypical uh sense of it. They got to be like mad tall, mad strong, ten inch dick just swinging everywhere, yelling, just angry all over the place. And I feel like that's kind of like the level of masculinity they put on black men in specific. I don't feel like any other man has to meet these qualifications in order to be masculine inside their race, you know? I agree. What about you, Harrison? Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just tack on to that because especially inside their race because I can't speak on inside of any other race because I'm only I'm just black. So, like, you know, it's like, as you said, like, if you're not that tall, big black dude, it's like, you're like a, you're like a low figure to look down upon, like, even from other races, because it's like, hmm, that's what they expect from us. It's like, since when did that shit become like the, you know, like the, the epitome of it or like the picture of it? So, I agree. I think pretty much like you said, I feel like society has deemed us toxic athletic cavemen and like that's what they expect us to continue to be throughout and it's like hey yo like i know lawyers i know doctors i know intelligent black men that are still very masculine they don't they don't gotta be this 610 ball player who beats women to be masculine but that's what they want to perceive us as um question so obviously, you know, we we're, we're kind of talking about you don't need to be a big, big man to be considered masculine by any means. But do you feel like there's any? Is this more of an old school type of thinking of you need to be able to like fight to defend yourself and your women or your family and stuff to be considered masculine, or is that kind of an older way of looking at it and that shouldn't be encompassed with masculinity anymore? Can, can, can I'll I open that, that up. One? Can I take that one? Can I take that one? Can I take that one? You take it. Okay. Okay. Not at all. That's just a sense of protection. Like, there's, there's instances where women will protect their fucking, their son, their daughter, their husband. Like, you're not, say you're like, you're the husband, right? But you have a fucking, a twisted ankle, a bad leg. You can't fucking do what you gotta do, but your wife, boom, elbow to the fucking chin. Back up, nigga. That's my honey. Like, <laughs> all so it's like, there's shit like that. So it's like, that's just a sense of protection. I would've take, or put that on masculinity because... Yeah, that's just that. Like, shit, even look at, like, even for with that, like, just not even, like, animals and shit, the fucking, like, female lions are way more aggressive and protective than male lions. And, like, the, the male lion is, like, that nigga. So it's like, hmm, which one is more, you feel me on that? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're talking about. And to add on to that, I agree. I do believe that, at least nowadays, women are almost quicker to fight than men, I feel like. But, um... <laughs> I feel like, yeah, as a man, you should still, like, you know, protect your family and all that stuff. But it's definitely, like, situational, you know? Because I feel like there are situations, like, if you out with your your girl or whatever, and, like, y'all on a date and, like, a girl that she beefing would come through, right? Just the girl and maybe her friends, right? And, like, they start having a yelling match. I feel like you're only going to protect her slash like you know stand up for her to a certain degree because you can't just smooth knock the other girl out as a sense of protection like that's stupid so i feel like you can't you have to, i feel like you should step up but know which situations you're supposed to step up in 
in that situation for me, I would say I would step up. I'm not stepping up in an argue with this woman, in a fight with this woman mode. I would be stepping up in a talk my lady down mode. We are grown-ups. We are grown-ups. Exactly. Ain't no reason for none of us to be in this street fighting. So if you're that upset to I think it's going to come to balls, I might have to step up and talk you down because you're not that irrationally. I'm glad you said that because when Ethan was going, I thought when he said you can't just hit women, I thought you said you could for a second. And I was like, oh, this is about to get real interesting. <laughs> no, that would have been bad. <laughs> It definitely would have been bad. I feel like the difference between I'll talk on my Hispanic side, not my one eighth black side, for a second. Okay. Um, I feel like in the Hispanic culture, I could be wrong because I'm not very in touch with it, to be frank. But I still, <laughs> I still think there's like a very big like machismo aspect to masculinity, where like you got to be the guy all the time. You got to be taking care of your family, looking out for them all the time. And I feel like that's just like a, they're like still in that old frame of mind. They need to kind of move forward because, bro, the world's changing. You can't keep thinking like that in today's day and age. Yeah. I feel like, well, kind of like you said, it, it's an act almost. To me, it, it gives off bozo. Like, if you walk around, you got to be an alpha. You got to show that you're macho. You got to show that you're masculine. You're a fucking clock to me. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I do not care what you are. I'm positive that nobody else where you're going probably cares about that. Like, I feel like the older I got, the more I realized, like, nobody give a fuck about what you're really doing if you just keep your head down and mind your business. Like, ain't no need for you to walk in here and try to announce that you this big dog because in the grand scheme of it, everybody in there do not give a fuck. And they probably thinking about you like, hey, yo, like, what's this weird nigga on? Well, we've also talked about before where it's like not everybody might think they're an alpha, but there's a lot of people who just aren't alphas. So we don't need to go around acting like everybody's not. Yeah, because we know, we just know that's not factual. Not everybody's an alpha. And the first people I'm saying are not alphas are the people who call themselves alphas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what you got um, after masculinity? Damn, I was trying to see if we had another like easer into it, but I think we're just gonna have to go into it now. What emotions did you feel when you first heard or saw about the video of George Floyd? Um, well, I guess I can start off. Uh, I would say first time I um first like heard slash saw the video. I don't know how much I really felt at the time exactly. I feel like mo most of my feelings kind of came after the fact when I was seeing other people's reactions and like how other people were responding to it. Cause I mean, I'm black. I already knew that people were being killed by the cops. I mean, this one was just on film, right? Mm -hmm. uh, caught live. So it wasn't really nothing that I didn't know slash expect from police. Um, but I think my biggest um, emotional probably frustration and anger and it wasn't even like from the direct action it was from you know you got these uh caucasians right and they're over here defending the man like he didn't just straight up like murder this man in front of like a whole bunch of people in broad daylight 
and they were like, oh, well, you know, he he's done something illegal in the past. I'm like, just because he did something illegal doesn't mean you deserve to die, especially public execution style. Um, and just hearing the defense for this man and like how they like were reacting and trying to basically get this man off scot-free slash almost give this man a damn raise and promotion for doing what he did was had me kind of disgusted and like very upset. Yeah. Um, I think you hit close. Um, I think I was, I felt like it was almost like a defeated feeling. It was like a defeated, like you just kept taking L's. It was a defeat. It was frustration. And then it was like just grief. But I didn't see the video until like two or three, a day or two afterwards, I want to say. I'd only heard about it. And then I seen the video and I was talking to my uncle on the phone and he was crying, grown man, grown ass man from the South, which just don't ever happen. He got three sons, no daughters, and they all over the world. And he's like, just imagining like they've demeaned and devalued us down to this. And I got sons just minding their business that at any time could get caught up. And then I thought about that and I was like, I got a lot of black friends that just mind their business. And we could really at any time get caught up in niggas would justify killing us in broad daylight. Start a petition to get them off, get boats to get them off. And the only thing that came in like the very like immediate was paid leave. It's like it it showed that like niggas do not care about you. Not niggas, white people. White people do not care about us and like they're getting away with too much. And that's like what my immediate thoughts were in those like first three, four days. Like after like as as um I can't remember who said it in the beginning. But you you already know what you or what to expect from cops in America when regarding African Americans, usually any type of altercation just gets escalated like instantly, regardless of what it is. It's like story after story, something small like a fucking police stop or fucking they're just walking by on the sidewalk, anything. Like it just happens. More and more and more and just gets brought to daylight more. It's like the same same little petty results that we get to just be, I you know, kind of happy with it. Like, I know he got charged and convicted, but it's, it's like, how much does that fucking badge weigh? Like, why is that such a instant defense against, like, anything blatant? It's like, my man had his knee on his neck for as long as he, like, it's just, he didn't even fucking care. Dude's talking about, I can't breathe. Why is that, like, why is just, like, the human morality not more of a factor than a fucking police badge? It's frustrating because you know it's just like the same shit's going to happen again and again. And it's like, oh, my God, he got convicted. The one cop, cool. The police system doesn't even, like, we're not going to, like, that's not questioning nobody that fucking this nigga had a whole petition to get free. Like, it's, he just killed somebody. Was, I don't know. But, yeah, the badge is, is, is crazy how much it weighs. That, and it makes me truly think, first off, we forgetting those cops that stood around and watched. Like, so, what's what's going on there? And then it makes you think, like, do they really value us that little? I don't want to be cliche or just say what everybody has said, but, like, you have white people who commit mass shootings and come out alive in handcuffs. 
He was allegedly paying with a counterfeit bill, and that was enough to take his life? Something it, There's a clear disparity in the treatment. And at this rate, it's like, yo, how much longer can we ask y'all to do something about this? Yeah, it's it's really crazy because like they were literally trying to find any other cause of death other than the one that was clearly on videotape to justify why he died. Like they were like, oh yeah, he was high off opioids. That's how he died. Like, no, nigga, you're not doing undercover work. We saw it. It's on video. And the fact that this set a president of you can basically whole Facebook live murder somebody and get away with it as long as you got a fucking badge on is just like beyond like crazy to me. If anything, he and everybody involved should have got more uh more years put onto them just because they're in a place of authority. And yeah, you can make the argument that being a police officer is a dangerous job and like oh, uh, they're stressed because their life is on the line. Yeah, well, being a police officer is actually the 22nd most dangerous job in America. You know what's above that? Landscape worker. So I kind of don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to think that, like, you know, cops are, in theory, supposed to protect and serve the community. And, you know, we all go by the standard of innocent until proven guilty. So... This guy is not guilty at the moment. He literally is saying he can't breathe. And you're like, maybe I should just, you know, lift my knee off of his fucking neck. But you're just like, nah, I'm just going to keep doing this for several minutes. Like, it doesn't even make any logical sense. Like, that's one of the things that's so frustrating. If someone's saying they can't breathe, I'm going to believe that they can't fucking breathe in that moment. Like, it, it shouldn't be that hard. And you already had him cuffed up. Like, there's no need. You had him cuffed, and there were like five, six officers around you. What? You thought this nigga was bluffing, and he was going to get up and box you? <laughs> like, it don't make no sense. Um, kind of going off of that, though, because I think, I think Ethan, you said it kind of towards the beginning where you were like, you know, we were watching it, and you didn't really know how to react until other people started reacting. And then we saw this huge coming together of people for Black Lives Matter and all the protests that were going on. And during the summer, I mean, the heat of it, I think we even talked about it on the episode we had with Tori um, back back last summer. And it was like, yo, things might actually kind of be changing. And then quarantine started going away. Things started, you know, kind of dying down. So, like, did you guys also kind of fall in this belief of like a false hope that change was actually going to come only for not to really happen? No. And I told you no. I was probably the biggest non-supporter of the of the Caucasian Black Lives Matter alignment. Um, I knew it was cap. I absolutely knew it was cap. Just from all the social media I've seen, from the type of the different companies putting out like statements, all of it was like performative. It was the trendy thing that felt right to do in that moment. So they did it. All those people, you don't hear them do nothing now when it comes to BLM. You don't see them contributing no money nowhere. You don't see them supporting black business nowhere. 
It's like y'all are Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, little black box on your Instagram. <laughs> now that that shit not fun no more, what happened? And like I said on that episode almost two years ago now, we can't stop being black. We're going to still be black when this dies down. These white people just went back to their regular lives. Quick story. I had deep, good friends in Mansfield that were like, oh, no, it's sick that people are going to the bar that's owned by the racist cops that they changed to a Blue Lives Matter flag. That was the logo. They were like, it's sick that people are going there. About halfway through the year, last year in Mansfield, guess who started going there? Those same white people who thought it was sick. Why? Because it was the only bar in Mansfield, and they were white. This wasn't their fight no more. They didn't have to prove nothing to nobody. And I told one of them, I said, nah, like, it's just kind of strange that you said you'd never give them their money, and then you're there. And she was like, I'm a grown woman. You can't tell me where to go, where to spend my money. And I was like, no, no, no. You're right. And I'm not telling you where to go, nor am I telling you where to spend your money. You're afforded that opportunity because you're a white woman in America. Me? I'm a black man. I'm going to stand on my word. They are not. These racist cop niggas who own this bar will not get no money from me. So just because I want to go to the bar and I want to drink this day, I'm not going to go give you money because fuck it. Because then I look stupid. But they were allowed to do that. And they did that in many, many different examples. It's crazy the way they went back to living their life regular. Bro, I'm looking at the quote right now. June 4th, 2020. In two weeks, when this shit isn't trendy anymore, you know what still matters to us? Black lives. Jesus. I said it. Because the shit, the trend died down fast and they stopped caring about black lives as fast as any other trend. Yeah. Um, me, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere past the summer. Uh, hate to put it this way necessarily, but this was like at the height of COVID as well. Or the first height. It's much worse than it was back then, by the way. Um, but people had free time and they were bored. And they saw this as like kind of like a thing to jump on to almost cure their boredom. And also, the moment I saw like those black like cubes <laughs> for Instagram, and I was just like, yeah, this, this is an absolute fucking joke to these people. Because I was just like, that... That blackout thing ain't really going to change nothing. This is 100% performative. And I will also say that part of well, the big issue, and I hate to give Donald Trump any kind of credit, but I'll give him his, this one thing. When he was like, you can't really trust news outlets, he was kind of waking people up to like the the power that the news has. And I think people already knew that, but they weren't like really paying attention to it. But seeing the, just the absolute story stop from like black people mishandling uh, or police mishandling black people to them just cold turkey cutting that out uh, doesn't mean that the shit was stopping and it doesn't mean that the shit is cured. So I, I also blame to a certain extent news outlets for like almost Pushing that in your faces, that was the only thing you were seeing, and then just completely nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, to tag on to that, yeah, once it, once like it got like all this media attention, and then company after company wanted to take it and ride with it for uh, PR stunt after PR stunt, it's like it's unfortunate that it lost like half its meaning, and then it took on like every other, it became like everybody else's, uh, what's the word? Everybody just wanted to point to it for whatever problem occurred. 
So now there's looters and there's rioters and everybody's trying to fight a cop or this and that. Just like thing after thing, want to be creative problem after creative problem. And it, like it goes to people that have nothing to do with like the BLM movement. No, like they don't even give a shit. And, like it sucks because one little bad thing just turns into once it hits the media, it needs to be good or bad. And it flipped like that like three times while it was happening. It's like one second BLM is a great thing. Next thing you know, it's a fucking terrorist organization. It's like, pick a side. Like, stop. Come on now. Which is also crazy because they're calling BLM terrorism. But January 6th, when niggas was attacking the Capitol, trying to murder niggas. Literally had a hit off. It was like, oh, literally had a hit off her buddy. Bro, they They were patriots. Yeah, they, they put them as patriots who were trying to, like, what protect the constitution? Like, what are you talking about? Your your king lost. Like, shut up and deal with it. Your king lost. Kind of like what you said about the uh, social media spin. A lot of that, I th- not social media, the um, news narrative that was pushed. I think a lot of that goes back to what you said at the very beginning of that, where you like it was COVID and people were bored. They were so bo- they were so sick of running COVID stories. It's almost like these news outlets were excited to push something different and something fresh. And then it just, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They got to keep something new going to keep the, the viewers and the ratings up. And, you know, Tucker Carlson, fuck that nigga, by the way. Worst, worst <laughs> news anchor on Fox News. If you watch Fox News, unironically, I'm, I'm praying for you. But uh, yeah, they need something new to either demonize or uh, kind of have a following up, either news rating up or they get paid. It is what it is. You know, I, I, I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. 15 months removed from the summer, from the protests, social media, the rise of Black Lives Matter within, I guess, the whites, as Ezra puts it. Are we in a better or worse place than when we started? Worse. I'm going to say worse because they had their, like, two, three-week cycle of news. It died down. It's not in the forefront. People, like, I feel like people think that the issues are gone now because they're not hearing about it anymore. They're not hearing about it anymore because their mainstream stations aren't pushing it right now. But I'm sure Harrison, I'm sure Ethan, I'm sure you, we've been all seen over different platforms, many different occasions since that summer where black lives were taken or blacks were done wrong. Numerous. But it's not on mainstream media. It's not on the news. People aren't really hearing about it. So it's died down. I think that that two, three-week spin gave them a small insight of what black people knew and know to be going on regularly and daily out here. And then after it was done being performative, they kind of pushed it back to the back burner. And since a lot of people aren't seeing it, they're like, oh, well, black lives isn't really an issue right now because we've solved that. People aren't dying at this rate or this and that. And it's like, no, no, it's still going on each and every day. I'm sorry that I don't get my news from fucking instagram trends so you just not seeing it because of it um i got a opposing take but it's not like really it let me just say it so i think it got a little better in the sense of 
since like that um that whole movement began people are more you know sensitive to race relations right just kind of across the board whether you're fox or cnn or you're demonizing it or saying that oh this is a big issue but i think for us it helped in the sense of now we know who like the issue is because people went from being like dis- discreet racist to completely fucking mask off horny for racism people right so <laughs> when it came to black lives matter people was like yeah that's that's fucking terrorist group uh racist i know i can't fuck with you boom um people when it comes to if you're still supporting christopher columbus day boom racist doesn't matter <laughs> Fucking critical race theory. Boom. Racist. You know what I'm saying? So it almost reveals who these people are that are still supporting these racist narratives and racist thoughts. So I think in that sense, it helped. And that's why I'll say it did help because it does bring more topics when it comes to race relations out. And since they politicize this thing, people have political views that that they're more willing to share. So now you know who you're dealing with quicker instead of the enemy you don't know is the enemy you do know. Uh, yeah, it definitely, oh, that's what I was going to say. It definitely showed, I want to say it was kind of better because it definitely showed a lot of people's true colors. It was like more of a, that's how you really feel type of thing. And like, oddly, like a lot of people just backed on their word. Like, shit, if that's how they felt, that's how they felt. Like, it's not, oh, I've been exposed. I'm about to change. It's like, nah, this is, this is who I am now that it's out. I'm going to just ride that title. But to go on with that, it's like it also showed the world more or less how not only like everybody knows that black people are done wrong and that's like, that's universal. Black people are just disrespected around the world. Like nobody, you got black skin, you're fucking lower apparently. But it showed that white people are just fucking, not even white people, American white people are just fucking crazy. Like all of that shit went out the window when these niggas stormed the Capitol. Like, the same people that were praising cops, oh my god, I love cops, same people that beat these niggas, like, beat this nigga, they beat homie. How the same people that was all uh, blue flags, blue lives matter, end up rushing the Capitol, beating up cops, storming this shit with a hit out for, uh, I don't even know which, which senator it was, whoever the fuck it was. But it's just like, it, it showed a lot of shit that the rest of the world wasn't, I guess, hip to. As much as we are, they're like, yo, these white people really just be on some nut shit. My my last question about kind of everything from George Floyd to Black Lives Matter and all that. I think we talked about this in a previous episode, so correct me on kind of the the question if it's misworded. Mm -hmm. Um, from, From the rise of Black Lives Matter to now, a lot of people cut a lot of people out of their lives for a various amount of reasons. Do you guys feel like you've cut out everybody who was in your life previously who it shouldn't be anymore because of whether um, alignments or true characters or they just aren't fitting the narrative for what your life is going to be further. I luckily haven't had that uh, problem come up. Like the people I know are we're a lot on the same same wavelength and mind track, especially when it comes to political things. So of course I ran into like the one oddball in the group that just thinks, you know, Trump is the savior. Every like that Black Lives Matter coming from a black person, like that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group or just I've met like there's only been like one of those, but luckily that hasn't been a problem on my side. Like there's no there's no surprises 
A black man spewing that is a dangerous man. Oh, very dangerous. I, I can't stand those people. But for me, I don't think I really had to cut up. Well, me, I went to HBCU, so there was not really too much of that issue going on. So I, I think the people who didn't already like think the same way that I thought, I kind of didn't cut them off because people kind of showed their true colors when I told them I was going to HBCU. Um, some people saying, you know, isn't it ghetto or isn't it ratchet or something like that? I was like, oh, that's crazy. Black people can't learn together without being called ghetto. Seems real, <laughs> real telling, right? So, um, yeah, I luckily didn't have an issue where I had to cut people off. So, yeah, it's not a problem. That's crazy that people were like, you're going to an HBCU that's ghetto. Oh, dude, no, that is. I still to this day still have to explain what an HBCU is to people. Like, I think <laughs> my most recent time was like a couple months ago. I was, I was talking to a, a, a Caucasian, and they're like, "Oh, what college did you uh, graduate from?" I said, "A and T." I was like, uh, "It's down in Greensboro, North Carolina." I said, "It's the HBCU." They're like, "What?" I said, "HBCU." They said. What does that mean? And they said, uh, and I said, you know, historically black college university. And they were like, I did not know that those existed. Huh? You lit like you live in North Carolina. How do you not know about that? But um, also one person tried to convince me that um, HBCUs were inherently racist because it's mostly black people. I was, and I had to explain to them like, uh, it's not barring white people from coming. White people definitely get minority scholarships over here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I was all like, but they were created out of necessity, not hate. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like they were, they were, purposely, <laughs> they were purposely not allowing black people to get an education back in the day. So we set up our own institutions to educate ourselves. And then people are now calling that racist. I was like, yeah, that's uh pretty ignorant statement we got time crunch here so we're gonna rapid fire some things give me your experience as a black man in the workplace oh bro you always gotta get that one nigga that has that one black joke every fucking day and try to act like that's just not offending you like to the fucking bone every fucking day it's like it's not even like it comes from just men like even women or just that like black experience in general you say something like the other day, I uh, my boss is at some dumb shit. Like, um, she's gonna call the cops. What do you think I should say? I was like, I've never called the cops. <laughs> she was like, Oh, all right, this is black. I'm like, Nigga, that's not, it's not, I've just never, you know, why the fuck does that have to be the reason why I've never called the cops? Maybe my life is just <laughs> simple and I haven't had a fucking unfortunate event <laughs> to call the cops. Like, why was that the one thing you thought? Like, it's, it's, it's a little shit like that, but it just happens every day. Oh, the other thing happened today, bro. My, uh, this lady came in to get some shit done with her phone and everything. She said her favorite singer was Darius Rucker. I said, huh, I know who that is. She said, mm, that's country music. You're not supposed to know what country music is. Bitch, I don't listen to country music. I just know that black nigga sings country music. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, like don't we all know Darius? It's like, why Why the fuck? Hold on. Why the fuck can't I know country music? Obviously, there's a black nigga doing it. This is your favorite. favorite. I'm like, what? But it's like shit like that. They try to, it's, oh, that, oh yeah, yeah, let me stop. I agree. They're going to always get like 
black jokes that are like, I'm not offending you, am I? Like, nigga, if you have to ask if you're offending me, you probably shouldn't have said it in the first place. That's just the rule of thumb in my mind. Um, you're going to get that. Um, if you don't have any other black people there, oh, it's terrible. Because you hate, you you hate to be the only black person they can go to for any mm. anything they deem black related. Because at my last job in Mansfield, I was their come-to, go-to, be-all. I was like, yo, like, y'all asking me questions that don't got nothing to do with me. Like, yes, I'm black. But no, that is not my life. That is not what I did. I do not know the answer to this for you. Like, what? Yeah, I would say for me, it's, um, well, I had a job where I was the only uh, black person. And it's kind of annoying because... Clearly, people's comedy mostly stems from, like, experiences within their life. And clearly, you can't tell certain jokes if there's no other black person there. Or, you know, you got a whole bunch of other white people who are clearly from, like, the same region or whatever. And, like, they're just, like, they match it up perfectly. And you're just kind of like the outsider because it's like, we haven't lived the same life. We don't have the same experiences. So we don't really have much in common. So it's difficult to kind of find a common topic to talk about where you're both equally as knowledgeable you know what i mean and um also because recently i just graduated college trying to find a job like a real professional like career job it kind of sits in the back of your mind while you're applying you're like uh did they not hire me or not call me back because i wrote fucking black on my uh on my application or did they just not think that I was qualified? You know, did I have the same fair treatment as everybody else? So just that stemming from the back of your mind is kind of a almost a, a whole nother game in itself. But right now, I'm fortunate enough to be working at a Black-owned uh, architecture firm. If you're in D.C., check them out, Armageddon Associates. And they they hire like a lot of like minorities. So this is the first job I actually ever had where, you know, I'm not the outlier, you know? So it's actually pretty nice. Y'all hiring? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. <Aww>. Not your <laughs> time. <laughs> Bro, I, I, I was lucky to even get this job for real. Uh, I'm really torn because I like to support minority businesses, but I don't like giving free ads, so I don't know if I need to cut that out or not. Oh. No, I I remember when I was applying for jobs and I wasn't getting any bites, I started not putting like, you know, you can volunteer to your race to see if it makes a difference. It didn't. So I'm not sure if I can give you a a clear answer on if it matters or not. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's like something you can't really confirm. So it's it's just a whole different game. Your last name is Pacheco. They knew who you were. <laughs> Listen, I don't need to disclose it, though. Maybe it's yeah, just like Italian. They didn't have to guess on that yeah, one. I'm definitely going to be like, mm, this man is ethnic, isn't he? Uh, I think my uh, biggest thing, and I've talked about it in the podcast before, was like when everything was going on last summer, it just felt like there was so much pandering going on, and it just felt like a lot of empty speak with all the meetings all the safe space conversations we we're having. I was like, we can do this all we want. 
But I highly doubt there's going to be any change. And realistically, a year later, I didn't really see any change. I might see an occasional thing of we've sent a couple million here, a couple million there. But, like, I don't really see it. So I don't know what we're doing. For all these companies, before we get to the next topics, for all these companies who are pushing this narrative that they were inclusive and they were going out of their way to promote black people and they knew black people were excellent and intelligent, for all that pandering they did, for me, none of it matters. Don't hire black people at entry-level positions. Go get a black CEO. Go get a black CFO. I need to see black managers. Those are the things I need to see from these corporations, from the Nikes, from the Under Armour, from a lot of the other clothing brand companies that were coming out speaking on black issues where they're excellent, they're intelligent. Then why y'all don't got black CEOs and CFOs? Why are they not in upper-level management? Why don't y'all have one black person on your board, Under Armour? Like, shit don't add up. You can't speak all these good things while the limelight is on you. And then behind closed doors, we see nothing has changed. No, that's that true. I was talking to a, a foreign manager of mine. Yeah. I was talking yeah, you to anyone an entry-level job. Like, what? No, I was talking to a foreign manager of mine, and he was like, you know, once he, he got kind of the manager level, he was like, bro, they just kept trying to put me down, giving me the worst people. And, like, he kept having to basically prove himself and, like, show people that he was better than everybody just to, like, get any, like, sort of respect. And it's like, damn, like, I, I was looking at this man like, yo, this man's fantastic. And it's like the whole company was just trying to keep him down, basically, which made no sense. They would rather, as a minority, especially a black man, black woman, they would rather you fail and say, uh, we gave him an opportunity and he failed, then coach you along the way after giving you that opportunity and you make it. And it makes no sense because it would seem you would want good managers. You would want good systems. You would want them to be successful. And they do that for the white people. For the black people, uh, we gave a black an opportunity. He couldn't do it. Now no black can ever do it. It's like, what? what is the standard here? Yeah. I like that point that you made about like the CEOs because – Definitely, it helped more black people if you had a black person in power to then help other black people. And especially for like, and it's not even a stereotype black people because I feel like at this point it is fact. Black people spend a lot of money on Nike, like a lot of money on Nike, just just off the basketball shoes, right? So why not have a black person basically running the show? They They know. They know what they like. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, it probably only promotes Cause, sales because black people like to support other black people. If I'm being honest, and companies it, like that where they're like celebrity heavy, they don't need to put black people in high, high management or at the board or CEO, CFO. They've got these black superstar athletes that they deem as the front runners. And they're like, well, we don't have to prove we're not racist. We employ them. We employ them. We work with them. And it's like, no, 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 no. You cut this nigga a check, this millionaire a check to wear your shoes and influence other black people to buy your shoes. He don't have no say on what you do as a company. He has no say on policies or who you hire, procedures that you take part in. Don't act like this is enough because sponsoring a black athlete don't mean shit to me. I'm happy you gave a black man some money. Like, cool, make your money do. But, like, that has nothing to do with the policies you implement, nothing to do with the standard there, nothing to do with the workplace, work environment, who you hire. So don't act like, oh, we can't be racist because he's our sponsor. Like, that's stupid. That's dumb. Yeah. And since we're on the topic of workplace and black people, 
I'm gonna just go ahead and say this. Um, these people are just so mask off racist that like when they were trying, well, when they made Juneteenth a federal holiday, they like were so up in arms. Like I, I don't understand why you're mad at a, like a free day off other than the fact that it's a free day off that focuses on black people. You still get the day off. That's like, if I could get like, I'm Christian. Um, if I could get eat off, I would be like overjoyed. Like give them their day, but I still get the day off to do whatever I want because it's not like my holiday per se. So why they don't have that same mindset is very clear. It's because it's surrounded by like a black cause, you know? And at the end of the day, that does like, literally nothing for us it's a thousand percent performative it's not like we get anything out of the day so i just need to say that 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 shit is weird you're willing to throw away a free paid vacation basically because it has black people in it it's crazy to me yeah you got to be next level racist for that all right let's uh switch up switch it up let's talk about your approach to mental health, and I'll tag team onto this one. Were you taught not to express your feelings and, for example, like not cry? I was only told really not to cry if I was pissing off my mom. Like, that was the only instance where crying on like emotional things were accepted or okay. Like, if, if I'm pissing her off, then it's like, yo, shut that shit the fuck up before it gets worse. <laughs> It's like, but, but if I'm like, yo, if I got this teacher fucking with me, like, yo, mom, I'm really about to spaz on this fucking teacher. Don't be surprised if you get a fucking call tomorrow. It was never like, if you got to let that teacher know, let that teacher know. It wasn't no, you know, bite your tongue, hold that shit in. You don't have to express that if something, you feel bad about something, then there's no outlet for you to express it. It's like, nah, let everything out. Talk to me. What's up with this and that? So... I would say I don't think I was necessarily told like it was never okay to cry by my parents. I think there might have been a couple occasions where they're like, eh, this probably not the time and place, but it wasn't like a regular occurrence. It was probably really a situation where there's like, eh, this ain't the place to be crying right now. Um, but besides that, I think it's more of a societal thing that like you're viewed as weak if you do cry. And I think that's instilled whether it comes to movies uh tv shows any form of media or just like you know talking to other guys or females because i don't seen a couple of videos where females are talking about if a dude crying like yeah i'm basically not dealing with him that ain't no man so that just kind of gets ingrained in your mind of like hey if it's um if it's not okay to cry then next next level thing is it's not okay for me to express my emotions basically and if it's not okay for me to express my emotions, I'm not going to go seek maybe the mental help that I need because that's seen as weak. Your society as a whole, it just kind of like men need to like shut up and deal with it, basically. So I don't, I don't think um, enough men don't have the tools to know how to cope with their mental health. Yeah, I, I was just saying, uh, basically, I don't think enough men have. Uh, the tools necessary to cope with their mental health or really the belief that they should get help. So that's, that's a huge issue that needs fixing. We know my stance on the thing. Um, 
not really big on mental health. Just wasn't raised like that. I got an old school Southern family, so wasn't raised on that crying shit either. What I will say though, um, Van would be very disappointed. For the first time in, for the first time in seven, almost eight long years, I did tear up at my boy's wedding during his first dance. And that's been my dog since fifth grade. People were crying during the ceremony. We were crying during speeches. Not me. I said, these niggas pussy. What I will say is, I don't know. That's been my boy since fifth grade. Seeing him truly as happy as, he's, as he was, enjoying his moment, it was a beautiful thing. Um, Van, I'm sorry I let you down and I may be pussy in your eyes now, but <laughs> the moment overcame me. Outside of that, uh, I do agree there is still a breed of woman that's like, oh, if he's crying, I don't want him. They're usually like more Southern women in general. And that's probably because they grew up around their dads and their brothers who never cried and never showed emotion. So there's still that breed of woman. I don't I don't think there's any problem with showing emotion, which I think some people get me confused. I don't think there's any problem with showing emotion. I do not think they're any more pussy. If you cry at like your first kid's birth or your daughter's wedding or real moments, like anything you deem sentimental, I don't think it's pussy. You can't be a man that's crying every day, though, to me, because then I got questions. If you're crying weekly, bi-weekly, there's always something upsetting you and you're crying. To me, you got some pussy tendencies because like I don't know no reason as a grown man that you could rationalize Crying more than four times in a year. I would truly need you to like lay out your calendar and explain to me why you cried more than four times in one year. Did you put a cap I'd like, on it? Like, I'd be like, nigga, what was you what was you going through this year that went that crazy? <laughs> you, you gotta put a cap on it? Yeah, I, I don't know if I put a cap on it. If I was talking to you, we were just bro, if we were sitting out talking. Either drinking, maybe you had a little cigar, whatever we're doing. And we just sitting there talking, and you were like, bro, when's the last time you cried? And I started telling the story, and I listed eight, nine events, and all of them happened last year? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Okay, 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 let me hit you right here. Okay, let's say, let's say, let's say your your pet dies. You already lost him. Yeah, I'm not crying over no dead pet. <laughs> okay, let's say, let's say your car gets fucking destroyed. And you can't get a new one off bucks. So now you're cardless, right? You get fired from your job. You're jobless. That's 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 at least one time cry. I can't even. Think Neither of those are gonna be. I can't even think of enough times to even cry. Damn. Like, yeah, like you couldn't. <laughs> I create events that would be reasons to cry, and you couldn't come up with four. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh. I mean, I'm trying to think about it. Like, realistically, <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time I cried. And even the last time I cried, the time before that, I couldn't tell you the last time I cried. So it's just not a thing. Yeah, I can't really say that I've cried too often. I'm not going to put a necessarily a cap on somebody. But <laughs> I, I will I will say, I, I just, well, I don't really think that there's, like, a lot of reasons for me to cry personally. Um, and not, I'm just saying like, I'm hardest nigga on the planet, but like certain like things I'm, I'm just not going to cry about. I'm not, I, I'm like, damn, even at most funerals, I don't really think you should be crying 
because uh, I don't know really how close you were to those people. So yeah. I don't know. There, there are very few times that I've cried. Like anything, I want to say past the age of like 13. Uh, I, I can't really say. I've, I could probably count the amount of times I've cried on like my two hands since 13. Absolutely. And I'll say four times max. And then don't let me find out you was crying at some weird shit. If I find out you was crying because you was watching a movie, I'm going to be like, yeah, um, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what if someone said they cried at the uh, the videos of when a, a soldier comes home and surprises their kid? Oh, fuck I'm you. Right now? I look at that shit and I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> the fuck? I'm going to keep going. That shit has never... I Actually... One of my classmates that happened to them while I was in the class, and like I was just like, "Yeah, you're disturbing Damn. class, sir. Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And I know that sounds bad because that is definitely a cryable moment for somebody in that family. But if you're watching a video mm-hmm. of that shit and you're crying, first of all, why the fuck are you watching that video? You seem very patriotic, uh, almost to a fault. <laughs> so I'm gonna think you weird off rip but if that's not your family you crying i'm like uh hell no last topic just because we got to get out of here i think this is a good one what do you think your role is in a home and do you believe in the man being the head of the house absolutely 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 i think that (laughs) (laughs) i was giving it to dr umar in case y'all, can I, can I just ask that question? What What does the head of the house entail to you guys? Um, I'm gonna put it down. Yeah, we can we can get that. Uh, we can get it. Um, I'd say the head of the household is just more of um, you know the the final decision sayer. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, you're like any rational man in modern era. You're talking to your wife, and y'all both come to a decision, and and the head of the household also doesn't mean be a fucking prick and be like, oh, yeah, my wife does all the cooking and cleaning and watching the kids and all that stuff. But I think when it comes to, like, family decisions that are going to affect the entire family, I think you and your wife need to talk about it. But at the end of the day, the decision is yours, you know? That's what I see as the head of the household. Head of the household, to me, clearly is the man. As the man, you got to be the head of the household. I'm going to do two things, answer Eric and Harry's question. Eric was, what are your roles? Harrison asked, what was the head of the household? The roles in the head of the household pretty much go hand in hand, so I'll break it down like that. Um, To me, first and foremost, just making sure your family's good at all times. Like, you're making sure your family's safe. Your family's well-being is always at the forefront in all of your decisions. That's first priority to me. Two... It's making sure all of your responsibilities outside of the home are taken care of. I don't want to fail at my responsibilities outside of the home, and then I got to bring those into my house because now I failed outside the home, and I'm bringing failures into my home that I should have handled already. So if it's stuff with work, if it's making sure I stay employed, making sure I'm doing whatever I commit myself to doing outside of that, maybe I'm a volunteer somewhere, I help the youth. All that, I got to make sure I'm holding myself accountable and staying on top of that. I don't want to fail at my outside-the-house commitments because then I'm going to be bringing failures outside into the home. So I don't want that. Then it's the 
it's a lot of what Ethan said, like, I'm the final decision maker, but I'm not the only decision maker. Like, I'm clearly talking to you about this big purchase. We're going back and forth on, like, what's the better one? If we're stuck between two, the head of the house makes the final makes the final decision. You want this one? You want this one? You also want this one? You can't really decide. They're both good products. Either will do. We're going to get this one and we're going to get out the store. Like, on big purchases. We're talking, like, maybe washing machines, maybe refrigerators, stuff like that. It's never really demeaning your wife or your significant other, which I think people start to assume when you say head of the household. It's never that because it's still a partnership. I just think at the end of the day, like, the man's the head of the house. The man sits at the head of the table. Stuff like that go hand in hand to me in a relationship. Yeah. And let me add on. I I agree with everything that Ezra said, but I don't want people to think that just because you're the head of the household as the man, does not mean you have to be making the most money in the house. You should be bringing something to the table, but you don't have to be the head breadwinner. That is true. I feel like people get that confused, and I don't want people to get that confused. Because nowadays, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made really everywhere. So I feel like you having to be the the main breadwinner is just kind of like an old outlook on things. Question going full circle now. Does being the head of the household for you guys also kind of entail like a part of your masculinity? Like if you weren't the head of the household, do you feel like that takes a hit to your masculinity in your eyes? Um, I don't know if I'd say it took a hit to your masculinity. But if I had, that's not going to be me in any scenario. But if I had known somebody and I met them and I came over to their house and I was seeing things, and it was clear they are not the head of their house. They sitting on the side of their table while they wife at the head. <laughs> I'm a, first off, I'm going to have immediate questions. Second off, I'm going to probably like politely say, hey, yo, get up. Because if he's not going to be the man of this house, I will. <laughs> um, I think being like not the head of the household for, I feel like any man would be like demasculating. Because if we're going to keep it real here, let if you even still use this term alpha, um, chances, are, chances are at your job, you're not the alpha. A lot of <laughs> stuff outside of your home, you don't have control of. So you getting damn near bitched and told what you're going to do at the job and then getting bitched at home, it's kind of like, yo, you ain't you ain't in control of shit. And I feel like that does, it takes a hit to your masculinity, you know, whether you want to admit it or not. What about you, Harry? What you got on it? I I, I don't even know what more to add to it. Good. (laughs) (laughs) We hit on a lot. Uh, There's this writer. Her name is Tony something. She's a black Tony older. Y'all know her last name. I can never think of it. And she says, she was like, mothers, make sure you cherish and kiss your black boys when you send them out of the house. Cause the world's going to beat them up anyway. And then she's like, wives, make sure you cherish and kiss your husbands when you send them out of the house. Cause the world is going to beat them up anyways. And it was like the cycle of a black man. And that made me think of what Ethan said. Like you can't go to your job and be the alpha. You got a manager. You got a CEO. You got a boss. Niggas is telling you to fucking 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 finish this assignment by 12 o'clock and don't have it fucking late. <laughs> 
Ain't nobody in my house gonna talk to me like that. <laughs> but at the job, they might. <laughs> oh my god. No, we're ending on that. Let's hit some fucking music and TV because we're not gonna talk that. We're not gonna talk that. All right, music and TV. What are y'all watching and what are y'all listening to? Music. Young Thug just released the album. That joint kind of go hard. I've been listening to it for a while. Um, TV, you know, you season three is out. So go ahead and check that out. Y'all watch anime? Anybody here watch anime? Oh, you know I do. Okay, that's so relieving. Uh, you, been, you been keeping up with Baruto? Well, yeah, I know what's going on. I know what's going on. What about did Demon Slayer come out yet? I'm oh, yeah. New kidding. season of that started uh, last week. Last week, right? All right. Bet. 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 My Hero ended. Uh, yeah, but I, say, I really just watch anime. Uh, I just saw the new trailer for the, the new uh, Game of Thrones jump. It's gonna be oh, out, so. shit. That is coming out. Uh, oh, that trailer's out? That trailer mm-hmm. is out. Yeah. Is out oh, I gotta see it comes out uh, early 2022, I want to say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then that new Batman trailer came out. Um, the, the trailer that just came out made me feel a lot better than I did about it before. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every new Batman, every new DC movie is just like, oh, it's a fucking letdown. But this joint look a little, look a little solid. Oh, yeah. He's just mad aggressive. He's just beating ass for nothing now. Beating the fuck out of niggas for no reason. Whooping right? niggas. Crippling Whooping niggas. niggas. Um, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Real quick on that. I saw like a little thing one time, like a little meme. It was like Batman. It was a TikTok. It was like Batman. <laughs> Batman shows his face, like the bottom of his face, to let cops know that he's white. And then it's like another comic book version where it's like where Batman's black. It's like his uh, his costume has him covered in his face because they're like, "Yo, there was a nigga out here just crushing niggas. People had to, you know." Pop, pop, pop. Oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> a white man. That's Bruce. <laughs> it's Bruce Wayne up there, so we good. Don't worry about that. Your Bruce. time is up. <laughs> um, <laughs> TV. Shark Tank's back. Just been watching Shark Tank. Um, music. None of Young Thug is like that. So I'll say Young Thug for now, but I'll say be on the lookout for that Wale. Yes, oh, sir. Shit. Wale is dropping something. Yeah. On Friday. Is it Friday? Friday? Yes, yeah, on Friday. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling me because I was not aware he was dropping on Friday. I seen it uh, on his Instagram. I'm about to be windows down bumping that when I go to work. <laughs> uh, music wise, I never listen to music, so it is what it is. TV wise, huh? What am I watching on TV? Still rewatching Thirty Rock just casually. I just got too much shit going on to really dive into TV at this moment. Um, but with that being said, thank you both. Harrison and Ethan for coming on and joining us today for the panel. We both appreciate you guys. As far as uh, Porch Talk, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk, no A. Fuck TikTok because they keep blocking my goddamn clip. I have so much beef with them. We're trying to pop off still. We are, but we're still trying to do more. Uh, Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on there. Greatly appreciate it. Subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you hear podcasts, you listen to them. You can subscribe and listen to us. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace.